Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Hi, I'm Drost, and welcome to another episode of Making Bank. Today's guest is Kitty, or Kitty Slasher Online. He's a member of Bankless DAO and a core contributor at Opolis. Kitty has spent the past 15 years climbing the corporate ladder in telecommunications, and this led him to see the flaws in the current work model and on to a search for something different. That's when he found Web3 and Opolis, where he now spends his days trying to help others escape the monetarily extractive corporate business model we know today. Welcome, Katie. Welcome to Making Bank. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here and glad to be doing this with you today. So, yeah, thanks for spending the time. And I've actually been meaning to learn a bit more about Opolis for a while. I think I was first exposed to it on Crypto Sapiens, Humpty Caldron's podcast. And I believe that Brandon Nolte had one of the founders of Opolis on Bounty Hunter as well. And so this is pretty interesting to me because I think those of us that are starting to move into the Web3 space and trying to find a place of work here and still be able to have flexibility, whether it's geographic flexibility or just your work-life balance, all of that stuff. And so this to me is a really fascinating topic, and I am really glad to have this opportunity to chat with you about it. And you are now a core contributor there, as we said in the intro. But before we dig into that, I would like to talk maybe a little bit more. You and I haven't met before today. I mean, we chatted a bit on Online, a little texting back and forth, DMs, and this is really our first time ever chatting, and so this is great, a good opportunity for us to get to know each other and for the community to get to know you as well. So yeah, maybe give us a little background on what kind of brought you into this space. I'm really interested to hear about that. Yeah, I would definitely love to tell the listeners a little bit about myself and definitely enjoying this opportunity to finally get to connect with you. As you mentioned, we've talked a little bit online, a little texty here and there, but it's definitely different when you can have this back and forth with voice and and actually get to connect with somebody. So again, I really appreciate being here with you today. A little bit about my background though, man. So yeah, as you mentioned, I come from a corporate employment background for the last 15 years where I've worked uh, sales and leadership and growth for employees in the telecommunications sector. It took me a while to climb the corporate ladder. I come from a blue collar working family. You know, I have a grandfather who is 87 years old and still works uh, a job. He works at a feed mill back in Ohio. And that's not something that I I wanted to do. So I left Ohio at an early age uh, with a little bit of money in my pocket and no family, no friends, jumped on an airplane and moved my life to California in in search of a, a different lifestyle. I learned a lot. I definitely learned a lot about business and leadership and sales while over there. But during my time in that type of a job and that that corporate lifestyle, I saw that we were replaceable. There were times where I was put in tough positions as a boss where I had to fire people that I necessarily didn't agree with. But at the end of the day, I didn't get to call the shots. And I saw that the structure that we have right now, especially with the W-2 employment, is it is one both imprisoning because it's hard to leave a W-2 job and still get the same kind of medical benefits that you would receive at a W-2 job, especially as a, a solo entrepreneur or a freelance individual. And for somebody like myself, who I'm sick very frequently, unfortunately, I've struggled with medical problems my whole life. And we'll touch more on that. And it's kind of what pushed me here into Web3 as well. The W-2 style is very imprisoning. But on top of that, you're also replaceable, as I mentioned. While you're stuck there, it's very easy for them just to get rid of you and find somebody different. And that is not something that that vibes well with me. I really do care about people. Uh, one of the reasons that I climbed the rankings to be a leader is because one of my passions is to help people grow and just get the most out of life that they possibly can. And through that is education. But what really drove me here was back in December of 2021, I got really sick. Around Christmas time, I ended up getting bronchitis, which is common for me because I'm asthmatic. And I ended up coughing so hard, I tore my trachea and I ended up collapsing my lungs. I spent about two and a half, three weeks in the hospital. About two of those was in the ICU. And during that time, because unfortunately I couldn't get to work when they needed me during the busiest times, I was let go. I was let go from a job that I had for almost six years. I had put blood, sweat and tears into that job. 
I was not even able to attend my sister's wedding because of that job. They would unfortunately not let me get vacation to go and attend my sister's wedding. And again, when you live in California, which is very expensive and you need your medical benefits, you're kind of stuck to doing what your job tells you in fear that you might get fired. It's now New Year, 2022. I don't have a job. I have bills, especially being in California where it's so expensive. And I didn't really know what to do. I had been in Web3 a little bit working with DAOs due to a wonderful friend of mine named Chair who drug me in back in 20, 2020. I was doing some contribution work for a DAO called Shenanigan, shout out She. And I wasn't really being compensated for it, but I was really learning how the DAO model worked and what it was like to work in a decentralized organization where everybody's helping one another and it's not one person at the top trying to take away from everybody. And I enjoyed that. So I stuck in the space and I continued to contribute and just get a feel for what it is that we do here in Web3. I'd always been investing in crypto since about 2017, but I never utilized it until about 2020. Well, I'm now in a position where I don't have medical benefits. I actually got fired while in the hospital. So there was a point where I didn't have medical benefits while laying in the ICU. And I didn't really know what I was going to do. During my time of contributions, I helped out on Rainbow Rolls, which is a charity project which helps wipe away medical debt, ironically. And through that, I met a gentleman named OX Joshua. Anybody listening to this, you're probably familiar with OX Joshua. He's a big name in the space, uh, very, very intelligent individual and has a heart of gold. Josh reached out to me while I was in the hospital, actually, sending me some good wishes and just checking up on me to see how things went. And I was telling him about my situation and everything that was going on. And he extended out a helping hand, letting me know that Opolis was looking for some extra talent. And that's what got my foot into full-time Web3 employment. They opened their doors to me, which allowed me to apply my sales knowledge and leadership knowledge in their organization. And they, at the same time, allowed me to not have to go back to that W2 job. And it's honestly been the most life-changing thing ever. I'm currently conducting this call from Ohio, where I have not been and spent time with family for over nine years. And that is all thanks to Web3 and Anopolis and what they're doing for me. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of us have horror stories like that about whether it's medical debt or being expected to be on call for an employer when you have something that is actually the most important thing in your life going on and they have no... There's just zero sympathy for it. And I'm not saying that that's true everywhere. There's obviously a lot of great organizations out there that, that do treat people better. But, man, there sure are a lot of them that do exactly what you just described. I'll just tell you a horror story that I would have to sanitize. I worked with a guy who, he, long story short, goes back to his car. Somebody assaults him at gunpoint, stuffs him in the trunk of his own car, drives him up, and leaves him there in the trunk of his own car. He had to kick his way out of the trunk to get into the back seat and then hobbled his way. He had a presentation coming up the following week on like Wednesday. And his boss, he called in and said, like, hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that thing on Wednesday. I got kidnapped. I had to go to the hospital. And his boss is like, oh, yeah, it's still like a week away. You should be able to be there. Huh? I just couldn't believe it. And it just goes to show you that how callous and uncaring people can be. And in this case, it was just the manager was a dead. But, but yeah, you hear about all those things all the time. You're looked down upon for taking care of your family. It's like, oh, yeah, you've got your sick leave and stuff. But, you know, we really don't want you to take it. And if you do, mm -hmm. you're considered as not being committed to your job. They set you up for a no-win situation. Anyway, I didn't want to go off on a tangent there, but I, I just wanted to relate. Because that story always pops into my head when we talk about that. And then there's another one that I'm a very good friend friend who basically bankrupted himself paying for his mother's medical bills. So yeah. it's, you, we all have stories like that. And that's one of the reasons I got involved with rainbow rolls. And speaking of rainbow rolls, to wipe away medical debt, we talk about NFTs and NFT projects that have purpose and utility and doing something for the public good. And that's a great example. And so we'll make sure we put links in the show notes. Is that where you said you met Xerox Joshua or OX Joshua, if you want to? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's actually where I met OX Joshua. I did some assistance over there on their marketing team to help spread awareness of NFTP or Rainbow Rules. But Josh is co-founder of Rainbow Rules. And that's where him and I had shook hands digitally for the first time. I got introduced to him from, again, my buddy Chair, who dragged me in the rabbit hole of Web3. And things just clicked. When people are similar, when you have big hearts and care about people, which at the 
core principle of what Rainbow Rules is. It's caring and giving back to public goods in general. I know we've donated not just to RIP medical debt, but we've also donated to Give ETH and Gitcoin. So they're out there generating funds and giving back to public goods and really trying to create a more regenerative ecosystem. And that's something that I got behind. And that's just where Josh and I connected. And it's been one of the best friendships that I've made in Web3 to this day. I, I am very thankful for him and just the things he does for people. He's, he's an amazing dude. Very cool. This is probably a good opportunity to go ahead and dive into Opolis a little bit. I will just point to the Bounty Hunter episode, and it was John Poller that was on Bounty Hunter. And this was episode number 22. I just pulled it up. John Poller is the founder of East Denver, and he was one of the founders of Opolis as well. John is co-founder of East Denver, and he is actually founder of Opolis. So oh, okay. Josh is one of our Genesis employees. He's he's literally employee number one outside like the founders. Wow. Um, talk about OG. Yeah, literally. <laughs> You're <laughs> the in with OG, a great OG group, man. I'm kind of in with some people that have been here for quite a while. Yeah. Having connections to ETH Denver as co-founder. That's pretty cool. And then John taking over and then starting Opolis and Josh being there. These guys are very well connected in the space and it's great to see the things that they're doing. Oh yeah. This is fantastic. I just love this network of people that are doing great things and yeah, let's dig into it. Let's talk about Opolis and what you're doing there and what it's all about. Yeah. The way that I put it is we are building out a framework for the future of work essentially, and how the work business model is conducted. Currently, the way that the structure is, it's meant to be monetarily extractive. It is not meant for everybody to win through abundance. You can have a big heart and go start a company with the current business model, and you're going to be the corporate greedy guy sitting at the top, because that's the way that the business model is structured. And John was in that position. He worked underneath somebody and didn't like the way that was. He left, started his own staffing organization in Denver, Colorado, where he then very quickly realized he became the very person that he didn't want to work for. And that's where Opolis spawned. We are trying to break the ethos of how work is conducted, especially when it comes to your medical benefits. As I mentioned during my story, you feel imprisoned by the job that you have if you're somebody who needs medical benefits, at least good medical benefits. And Opolis is providing the ability for freelancers or anybody that wants to really escape that W-2 work life. And it gives them all the benefits of the W-2 job without having to sacrifice the freedom that you would normally have to by going and being a W-2 employee. You get to do the work you love when you want to do it while maintaining benefits for yourself and your family. And that's probably one of the most empowering things that I think we can be doing for self-employed individuals. Great. And so as far as its reach right now, my understanding is you're available in, I think, 48 states in the U.S. And right now this is U.S. only. Apologize to our international listeners. But your intention and your plan is to go global with this. And the idea is for these benefits to be portable. And I know that's a huge task and dealing with all the different jurisdictions and it's very complex. And there's a lot of inefficiencies in it. And then it also, as you had said, kind of ties you down. You're tied to this W-2 situation and then your health benefits are tied to that. It's not golden handcuffs, it's just handcuffs. You're pretty much at the hands of your insurance provider or the health maintenance organization that you're a part of. And it's like you have zero say in what plans are available. Talk about not being empowering at all in the traditional environment. And I'm dealing with it right now. We're heading into this open enrollment period in the U.S., and I got a letter recently that says, sorry, we're not only dropping you, we're moving out of your state. Unfortunately, your options are limited. They really are. That's what we're here trying to do is what we're trying to break how the whole healthcare system is tied to the job and being able to have convenient healthcare as a content creator, such as yourself, it's almost impossible. And they do have the ability to just come in whenever they want and say, hey, sorry, we're not going to serve you anymore. Good luck. That's the great thing about Opolis is we, we are a member-owned cooperative. And since we are a group of individuals, we get a group rate that is shared amongst everybody just to get in your W-2 job. And those benefits go with you wherever, wherever you go. You can work for 55 different DAOs today and tomorrow quit and go start an entirely different life doing something completely different. And your member or your benefits are going to go with you during that process. We're not just about healthcare, though. One of the more complex things about being a self-sovereign worker or freelancer, self-employed individual. And this is another reason that was, I, it was very fearful for me to branch out into that line of work was the lack of knowledge. 
I don't know how to run a business or I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know what any of that even looked like. As I'd mentioned earlier and you brought up during the intro, I'm from a blue collar working family. While I climbed a corporate ladder and I kind of saw how it is to track profits and losses, manage employees, I didn't really see any of the accounting side. That wasn't my job. But when you're self-sovereign, that is your job. You have to have full control over your finances. You need to know everything coming in and out. And that's a very scary task. So one of the things that Opolis is trying to do outside of just provide you medical benefits that go with you no matter where you go is we're really trying to empower and educate. And that's where I think we can really change how work is viewed and how work is conducted is through a level of education. Once you understand what the benefits are to own a business and what the benefits are to have full control over not only your money, but now your benefits, you start to see all the possibilities that you can achieve in life. As a W-2 employee, it's it's kind of soul-sucking. It really is. Unless you really, truly enjoy whatever your W-2 job is, like you went to go be a doctor or something. I mean, even then, a lot of doctors branch out and start their own practice with their own business. But having that W-2 job, is it, it's just a very soul-sucking lifestyle. And I feel like one of the ways that we can fix that is through education. And that's really what Opolis is trying to do. We're trying to truly empower the self-sovereign worker through benefits, through education, through simplified taxes. One of the things that we do for you guys is we help you with the tax process. As a self-sovereign worker, you have to track your taxes. You have to send off quarterly tax filings to the IRS. And that's time. As a content creator, I'm pretty sure that you would rather be making content than tracking your quarterly taxes and going and spending or sending money off to the IRS. I, yeah. <laughs> in fact, we're talking about medical stuff. Like my doctor's office keeps calling me. It's like, I keep coming in and put on do not disturb. It's like, I'm going to interview this afternoon. I don't have time for this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm probably going to have to go to do an amended tax return for last year. And I'm like, ah, here we are in November. And I don't have to do a late filing. Thankfully, I did file on time this past year. But yeah, it's just all that stuff that takes you away from what you'd really prefer to do. And I just wanted to touch on the W-2 for a moment. It's one of those things that it's a bit of a comfort, I think, because it's consistent. But it also chains you because you get used to that that regular and it's usually the same amount unless you have something that only comes out on the 15th or the 30th. When you first branch out and you don't have that, that W-2 income, that regular paycheck, and your income is maybe a little more erratic, you're working on a project basis or like you said, multiple DAOs, and maybe you're being paid in some form of payment that's not easily convertible to pay your bills. And then just all the tracking. Yeah, there's just so much there. I'm starting to think about this myself as we talked about before. This is a big deal. And if you can abstract that away and be a member on community like this, that makes it leaner for one thing, but also provides better benefits, better cost, and it's all uncooperative really. Getting back to the mechanics of this, my understanding is that there are a couple of steps you have to have. So like right now, again, it's US only, but if even if you do want to participate, you can't just be a sole proprietor, right? You have to have an LLC or an S-Corp set up. Is that correct? Is that still the case? Yes. So I will touch bases on our locationing. So as of right now, we are active in 48 of the 50 states. We currently do not service Michigan or Arizona due to laws in place that they have for allowing PEOs to step in and do business on behalf of an S-Corp or a C-Corp. That is potentially changing, so we may be expanding there. I can tell you that as of January 1st, we are going to be going live in Canada. Right now, we're launching in British Columbia and Ontario. So congratulations to you guys. We're not forgetting about the rest of Canada. We're currently exploring rates for the other provinces. We do have a type form. So if you are somebody in Canada outside of British Columbia or Ontario, fill out that form, help us figure out what it is you're looking for, and we can get to your province a lot sooner. Besides living in a qualified area, one of the requirements is you have to be able to pay yourself a salary. So you mentioned a W-2, you mentioned a consistent paycheck. That's what we provide you, but you have to be able to pay yourself that paycheck. And one of the things that Opolis does is ensure compliance within the United States and then obviously Canada or any other international areas we do branch out to because Opolis is going global. You have to be able to pay yourself per compliance a state minimum salary. Again, this is here just in the United States. It could potentially be different in Canada when we launch there. But as of right now, every state has what they consider a state minimum salary. It does differ from state minimum wage. So state minimum wage is X amount of dollars that you get paid to work hourly. State minimum salary is a designated salary for the year that you have to make to be considered salary. And if you make below that threshold, you're technically an hourly employee. 
Currently, Oplist does not uh, service hourly employees. That is something that, again, is going to be coming in the future as we do want this to be global and accessible to anybody, regardless of how you're working. But as of right now, per compliance, we do stick to just salaries. And that varies. It's anywhere from forty to $75,000, depending on the state that you live in. California and New York are on the higher ends. Most states you can usually get by with right around fifty dollars to $55,000 as a salary. But outside the salary, outside the location, it is the corporate structure, as you mentioned. So just being a 1099 freelancer, unfortunately, does not work. Right. And the reason for that is we, as a more modern version of a PEO, which is a professional employer organization, are coming in and serving as your employer of record and managing the payroll for you, the employee. Right. This means we hold your employee record for your corporation. And as a freelancer or a sole proprietor, you don't actually have a corporation or employees to keep track of. Oh, okay. Creating an S-Corp or C-Corp allows you to legally employ yourself, and that's what allows us to actually come in and handle your payroll. Now, payroll consists of managing your salary for you. Even though you are the business owner, you are also the employee of that business, and that's where we come in and simplify that whole process. And what we're really trying to do is make it to where you just go to work, go home, go to work, go home, rinse and repeat till you get a paycheck in your bank account. Uh, post-tax for you to spend however you want. All during the uh, the time, Opolis is on the back end, uh, maintaining your business taxes and sending off any quarterly tax filings that are necessary. And then also withholding your employee taxes to issue you a W-2 at the end of the year for you just to take to your accountant, hand him over the paperwork and say, hey, buy all my taxes for me. So we're, we're really put in place to service the single member owned corporations. And again, the reason for that is per compliance. And what we do is make sure that you're not going to have anybody come knocking on your door saying that you weren't regulatory compliant because of this and that. And that's something that we're there to simplify for you as well. And just to clarify, so let's say you have an LLC that did have it's a small business, let's say it's five to 10 employees. That's really not what you're doing because they can not provide benefits to the other members of the LLC. Is that correct? So it's really single member LLCs. Right. Correct. So remember, what we're trying to do is change the ethos of benefits and, and work. And if you're a business owner and you have five employees and those employees are getting health care because of your partnership with Opolis, oh, yeah, if they right, quit right. or get fired, there goes their health care. Right. That right? makes sense. Oh, so what we really tried to do is have you create your entity that you wrap yourself in so we can service you singly. That way, no matter where you go, your benefits go with you and someone can't come in and say you're fired and you not have health care. Right, right. I'm just thinking through like doing an LLC, you have to have several officers, even in an LLC, you have to have a treasurer, you have, you have to have like three. I guess it could be all the same person, but. I know you can definitely have a single member uh, LLC, essentially. So you can mm -hmm. be the sole operator of that business and not have anybody else employed for you. While you said, yes, technically there's different positions, you as that CEO or business owner would essentially fill all those positions. Right. And that's why you are then receiving a salary from your corporation because of the work you're putting in. Okay, great. Thank you for that. I have my own questions and I get off track. So, oh, yeah, we're doing a podcast here. It's being recorded. <laughs> you're good. No, if I'm ranting too much, man, please tell me too. <laughs> oh, no, you're fantastic. I love if I can ask an open-ended question and the guest can talk for five minutes. It's great. <laughs> are you kidding? No, that's fantastic. Oh, so the the question I had then, how does Opolis make money? So you're admin stuff is a bit of overhead. It's a 1% community fee that members pay that's calculated by the total use of services, payroll plus benefits, and there's no subscription fees. So it's really just a 1% community fee, if I'm reading this correctly. We call it as a 1% sustainability fee. So there are other payroll services or payroll providers out there. You have Gusto, you have ADP. One of the things that you don't get with them is obviously the crypto aspect. So we obviously on-ramp and off-ramp crypto for you. But what you have to worry about is their fees. They are way more expensive. Why? Well, they have the same corporate structure. Somebody at the top has to make the money, right? So their fees are much more expensive than Opolis is. And ours is a 1% sustainability fee. We are just trying to keep the lights turned on. We believe in abundance as well. So as a token holder, and I'm going to go off topic here because I'm super passionate about this. As a token holder and a member, you're not just a member, you're an owner. And those tokens are going to give you access to shared profits. 
once Opolis becomes profitable, we're not going to have the money going to the core team or some dude at the top to take all of that capital. That capital is going to be redistributed to the members and token holders of the commons. And that's because as a business owner, you should make some profits from your business. Right. Sure. The other piece I wanted to touch on, there's a part of this, like I'm not in the, one of those 48 states. I don't have an LLC or an S-Corp formed. I'm still six months or a year away from doing that. And maybe this doesn't apply to me. Well, actually, you can be involved in Opolis even if you don't qualify or are not ready to participate in those ways. So you can be a non-member contributor as well. And I'm just reading this from the FAQ. Non-member contributors are those who participate in referrals or staking activities without going through the formal process of becoming a member. These parties will be qualified to receive work rewards, but will not be qualified for patronage-based dividends or profit-sharing should they become available. So I just wanted to touch on that. And has that changed or is that still the case with non-member contributors and the work rewards? Is that still part of the mix? That is definitely still the case. So we have two memberships. We have the employee membership, and that is where you're utilizing the payroll services. You're getting the medical benefits if you elect to have those. And that's where you're being charged the 1% sustainability fee, which I forgot to mention is on the salary you're paying yourself. So if you pay yourself a $100,000 salary at the end of the 12 months, you'll have paid 1% of that $100,000 to Opolis. If you're not an employee member and you're not utilizing the services because either A, you don't make enough money or B, you don't live in an area that qualifies, you can still sign up and be a part of the community. And that's through our coalition membership. The coalition membership allows you to come in and make referrals, which allows you to earn tokens based off of your referrer coming in and paying themselves their payroll, but you can also then take the work tokens that you've earned through referrals and stake those to earn even more tokens. So it still incentivizes somebody who may not quite qualify to utilize the full services, the ability to really come in and get behind the mission of what we're trying to do, which is change and better the process of work. Yeah, and that's the other side of it, too. There's an opportunity here to become a member and take advantage of all the benefits and shared services. But then the other side of it is you're building this organization to make these services available more widely. And quite frankly, there have been a number of people that we've chatted with on this podcast and elsewhere that have come from the healthcare field, whether a pharmacist, for example, we've got Siddhartha, who's a core member of the the Writers Guild and involved with Bankless Publishing. He was a pharmacist and just got burned out on the healthcare industry. And he's got that whole background of that side of it. And then we've got other people that are doctors. And that's just from the healthcare side of it. We haven't even talked about, you had mentioned briefly about accounting and compliance. And granted, you're not the accountant for the organizations, but you provide all the data that's needed to be able to do your taxes properly and all the withholding and all that kind of stuff. So that's a huge headache that's relieved. And then I just wanted to also touch on, this is not, again, not just you actually are not doing bookkeeping and accounting. You're also not doing tax returns themselves. Again, you're providing the compliance data and all that. And so then the member would then have all of that summary information. They would then be able to go ahead and file their taxes knowing that they're in compliance. Yeah, that, that's 100% accurate. And with that comes a proof of income. We didn't even touch on that. I don't know if anybody's ever tried to buy a home as a, a startup business. It's not easy. It, it's hard to show that proof of income to, to tell somebody, especially the realtor, I have a long or I have a sustainable job. I have consistent income. And as you're paying yourself this salary, as you're getting your pay stubs, which lead to the W-2 at the end of the year, you have an entire paper trail that you can provide as financial data to, to show proof of income if it ever comes to that. Yeah, so we right really that. are trying to simplify the financial side of things for business owners. That's huge. Actually, I've completely forgot about that. And it just reminds me of all the BS I've had to deal with myself with this stuff. And yeah, proof of income without giving a lot of data away. I have not had a W-2 paycheck for quite some time. And trying to explain that to a bank, you're trying to open a new account or you move and you're buying a house or you're taking out a home equity line of credit or something and they want that that monthly recurring income that I don't have. And since I estimate it, I'm like, this is an annual estimate. And no, I cannot provide you W-2s because I don't have them. Exactly. <laughs> so it, and having that conversation with these, and they just look at you 
like you're a crazy person. And it's not everybody works that way. <laughs> and they're doing what they've got to do because, you know, they've got their form they got to fill out. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you can have the money in the bank and you know it's not a problem. And you're still put in that position because, again, the way the structure is, it's you've been to what they want you to been to or you suffer. And yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is a lot of folks have gone through this, uh, sadly, especially in the last few years. But if you're in a job and you think you're going to get some benefits to carry over while you figure out your health insurance, they're going to send you to something called or send you something called COBRA, and mm -hmm. at least in the U.S. And you're you better be sitting down when you open that envelope and, because you're not going to use it. There's no way you're going to use COBRA. They are required to offer it. So you get this thing and say, oh, great, I get this health insurance still, even though they fired me. No, you don't because it's outrageously expensive and no one would ever buy it. Yeah, the state exchanges are, they should be criminal, honestly. They're, like you mentioned, they're incredibly outrageously expensive. The network is atrocious. If you leave your state trying to find a doctor in network can be pure hell. And then the actual cost, if you do go see a doctor, is through the roof still. Your deductibles aren't even that good. And your actual liability when it comes to the medical debt is still pretty relevant. Yeah, they paint this facade that you have easy, affordable health care. But when you actually compare it to what good health care is, you really do see the difference. there. And there's a couple of other things I'd like to touch on that I think a lot of people may not be aware of here. So when you travel, even if it's, again, U.S. focused here, I'm going to talk international in a second. But if you travel within the U.S., most insurances will not cover you unless it's an emergency room visit. Yep. Which this is going to be a shocker to people who have not had to do that because they suddenly think, what are you talking about? No, look at your policy. It has to be an emergency room visit. And so if something happens to you and you go to the hospital or something, you're screwed if you didn't do it as an emergency room visit. There's no way around it. It's done. It's over. And so that's one way they screw you. And then another one is with international. If you travel internationally, and this is why you buy the travel cancellation policy, people always laugh about it. I'd say, oh, yeah, buy that. And you had mentioned earlier that you're a person who has health issues. If you're a person who has health issues, or equally importantly, if you travel with someone who has health issues and you don't have that coverage, it is a nightmare. Your benefits don't carry over. You have to have some kind of international policy that would cover that. And then your travel is just a complete mess. The airline will not believe you. You have to actually get documentation from the hospital, the emergency room, from a doctor. And if you don't have that, you're not getting covered. And so these are all things that are a nightmare to deal with at the worst possible moment. Yeah, I agree. And somebody <laughs> with medical problems like myself, I, I can speak and say, I, I haven't traveled a large portion of my life because of this exact thing that you're talking about. Medical bills for me as a child and my family were through the roof growing up as was. Now, imagine trying to travel internationally somewhere and go out in a network and something freakish happened to me. Like it was just something, it was a risk we didn't even want to take. And that's because as these corporations, even the normal corporations that are in place, as they, they get their health care, they're not really looking at the best network package. They're just trying to get you some group rates and get you some decent health care. When it comes to the state exchange, they don't even care. Those are just atrocious across the board from rates to deductibles to network. One thing that Opolis did is take this into consideration when we were out shopping for coverages here in the States. And as we expand, we're going to be taking that into consideration as well, going into Canada and any other international expansions that we do. We really wanted to make sure that, again, you could travel and do what you wanted to do and love and know that you are going to be covered. We have Cigna's largest network package that they offer. No matter what state you're in, you should not have an issue finding healthcare. And that goes as far as even Michigan and Arizona. While we might not be able to service you as an employee member there, our insurance is still accepted there. So if you're traveling to Michigan or Arizona and you need coverage, you're going to be able to find a doctor that's within network. And then same thing internationally. And while we don't allow you to go live internationally, if you happen to be traveling on vacation or something, you're actually covered. You may still have to go to an emergency room to get the coverages that you need. Good luck trying to get any kind of coverages internationally if you're traveling with your standard healthcare. It's very right. difficult to do. And if it is something you can do, it usually comes with an expensive price tag on top of it. Yep. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, there's a few other things to unpack there as well. So as far as Opal's expansion plans and great that you're now into at least one Canadian province. Yay. But as far as going global, I know this is a huge task and it's going to take a while to, to roll out. And so do you have anything you can 
talk about right now that may be closer than further away or give people hope that are in other parts of the world that are really wanting to get on board with this? I can tell you that we are as close to you as you want us to be. What do I mean by that? It doesn't take much for us to expand, except an interest in an actual community of individuals that needs us, as there is some startup cost involved and some groundwork that needs to be done. Uh, it only takes about 100 members for us to launch in an area. So what I would say is if you want us to launch in your area, because as of right now, Canada's are, it's laser focused. We're focused on launching into British Columbia and Ontario, as I mentioned, and really trying to expand through all the rest of the provinces as quickly as possible. So right now, Canada, you guys are in our sites, laser focused. We are trying to get to every single one of you guys as quickly as possible. But again, that still goes for everybody internationally. If you need Opolis, reach out to us, join the Discord, join the community, let us know you're there. Contact your family, friends, and potential colleagues from the DAOs you're working for or potential old colleagues that you worked with. Let them know about what it is we do if you feel like we can benefit them as well. And once we have enough people in your area, there's nothing stopping us from launching. So really, again, like I stated, we can be there as soon as you want us to be. It's just a matter of building that community of individuals in your particular area and letting us know that, that, hey, we need Opolis because we'll be there to help you out. Excellent. Fantastic. So yeah, get involved. That's a great segue into getting involved. Opolis is a DAO, right? Yes. And you have a Discord, and so we'll put that all in the show notes. And you're one of the core contributors. And I just actually joined the Discord very recently to look at a little background. And actually, I was looking at some of the folks that are coming into Opolis. And if this is important to you and you want to grow this space and have these benefits available more widely and broadly, there's a passionate community in there that wants to, to do this. And from people from all walks of life, I was just reading through it earlier and I just, I, my jaw just dropped at the strength of the people that are coming in saying, yeah, I want to be a part of this. I want to not only figure out how to be a member and take advantage of the benefits, but I want to build this thing too. And so that's very exciting. What are the best ways? We'll have the, all the socials and stuff in the show notes, but you are, do you want to talk about how your name came about? Yeah, dude, we totally can. Cause I definitely <laughs> would like to clear the air and let people know that I'm, I'm one, not a serial killer. And two, I do not harm cats. I actually love cats. They're my favorite animal ever. I wish I had a really cool story, dude. I really do, but it's pretty lame. So I'll, I'll gladly tell you. I was like 13 years old. The PlayStation 3 just launched and it was like three in the morning. I was hyped up on 24 cans of Mountain Dew and I needed to create a PlayStation username. And for some reason, Kitty Slasher came about. I was like, yo, I love cats and like a killer cat would be pretty badass. I didn't think at the time that the wording made it seem like I'm low-key a serial killer. Um, <laughs> not the case, I promise. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, I wish it was a cooler name, but it's not. And unfortunately, just straight kitty is already kind of online redeemed. I know there's a gentleman out there sporting that name. So I, I am Kitty Slasher. Kitty for short, because <laughs> it's weird to say that. And then I have not looked at the rarity of the rainbow roll uh, PFP that we're going to be using for this, for the audiograms and stuff for this episode. That looks like a pretty special one. I've got a couple of them myself. What's your cleaning power? <laughs> I honestly am not even sure what the cleaning power is on that one. I liked it because of the goofy eyes on the one at the top and the yellow just really popped. I'm actually curious now. So we're going to actually look up what my cleaning power is. <laughs> I haven't looked at it in a while. I always forget how these attributes work. But again, the whole point behind rainbow rolls is to retire medical debt. What companies do all the time, what organizations, hospitals, whatever they do is they, what they do, what's called factoring. They want to get rid of their receivables, right? And so they sell them off to other organizations that then go and collect. They try and collect whatever they can. And so what they do is they buy up this medical debt and then they just make it go away. <laughs> Instead of sending collectors after people, it's just so beautiful. That's what Rainbow Rolls does, right? You're on the general basis, yeah. So we actually partnered with RIP Medical Debt. So that is the partner who is helping us eliminate the medical debt as a whole. Essentially, what happens is when families are unable to pay this medical debt, they want to recruit something. They don't care what it is, but they want something. So they'll sell that medical debt off at a much lower cost, much, much lower than what it even should have cost the family. And essentially what RIP Medical Debt does is they go in and buy these families' medical bills at the lower discounted cost, and it's completely wiped. Whatever that excess amount was that didn't get covered, they completely forget about it. 
We're really out there, or RIP medical debt is, with the help of Rainbow Rolls, is out there buying up families' medical debt, which to this date is over $7.5 million. And we launched of September of 2021. Kevin, um, I'm, let's just pause for a moment. Yeah. Rainbow Rolls in conjunction. RIP RIP medical, medical debt. Yep. RIP medical debt is the magic here. And then Rainbow Rolls is a way to facilitate that through NFTs, right? Yeah. So RIP Medical Debt is actually a Web2 individual that we convinced to accept on-chain donations. So you can see the transactions to them in Ethereum. And so Um, what's been, I'm curious now that this has been going on for about a year now, what's been their response? How are they feeling about it? Oh, they love it. They're definitely a believer of Web3 now. $7.5 million is pretty impactful. Even if you were a little skeptical coming in when we can help generate funding to get rid of that amount of medical debt, it kind of wakes somebody up and they are all gung-ho for for Web3. So at this point, if you guys want to partner up with somebody and do a good cause, consider RIP Medical Debt because they are a charity that is pro-Web3 at this point. And we're not done. Yeah. Rainbow Rolls and RIP Medical Debt. This is the perfect example of the kind of thing that you can go and talk to your friends that are skeptical and rolling their eyes and saying, look, let me tell you about an NFT project, and you'll stop rolling your eyes here in a minute and how this works. They're partnering with a Web2 company and they retire medical debt for people that can't afford to pay their medical bills. And that will change the conversation. I guarantee it. No, 100%. I actually got my sister, who didn't believe anything into crypto, interested in NFTs. She even went and wrote her first NFT article all around Rainbow Rolls and because of the power and what it did. It's impactful or it means a lot to my family that something like that even exists. While it might not have directly impacted them to see that there's somebody out there fighting that good fight, like it, it, it wakes people up, even people who might not necessarily be bought into Web3 to begin with. When you see that something has wiped away the amount of debt that we've wiped away, and that's not even including the donations we made to Gitcoin and GiveEth. They've gotten their own separate donations that they've put towards public goods funding. But just the amount of medical debt alone that we wiped away, y- you can't ignore that. We had an article written on us by Vice, actually. That's how much traction Rainbow Rolls actually got. And I can tell you that while the mint is still open, I know you're a holder, but some of our listeners here might not be. The ability or the chance to get involved with the first wave of what the team behind Rainbow Rolls is doing is about to come to an end. Currently, we're at 888 mints, and the mentor will turn off at 1,000 mints. So while you guys can... What happens after the mint? After we hit 1,000? So once we hit a thousand, the ability to get a brand new one of one rainbow roll will no longer exist. You will be able to buy one third party or from somebody else, such as myself, but you will not be able to go to nftp.fund's website and create a brand new unique rainbow roll for yourself. That also means that charitable donations will pause temporarily as the team then decides what they are going to do as far as the next portion of the project to continue to generate funding. As I know, we do have some funds in the treasury. So there will be game planning on how to continue. Where This isn't just a one-time thing. This is something that we're trying to keep going for a long-term sustainable thing. We want to be able to wipe away medical debt for the rest of everybody's lives, right? So there's going to be put forth thoughts into how we can continue there. And then there is going to be the building out process behind Rainbow Rolls itself. We have the cleaning power trait. This is not confirmed, so do not hold me to this. But there have been talks that there may even be potentially a game created around your Rainbow Rolls where your cleaning power will then have an effect and huge say in what your Rainbow Roll is able to do in said game. The full utility, I'll be honest, not 100% painted out. The game plan was not necessarily to put a huge focus into utility. At the launch, it was more to really help the families to treat right. it as a charitable donation. And once that mission had been achieved, that's where the focus of what's next comes in. I know that there is some faint ideas mentioned. Like I said, the game is one of them, but nothing quite set in stone yet. Right now, it's really more just a chance to say, hey, I helped out. I played a part in helping a family who... I can't sleep at night because right. they've got this debt. Truthfully, that's the lie about them too. I've ex- like we've talked about before, we've experienced this stuff in our own lives, and it's just one of those things that speaks to you. And if you develop utility, fine. But I wanted to retire people's medical debt, and I wanted mm-hmm. to show that Web three is not all about 
scams, scams and, and rugs. That. Exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. And in fact, the reason we're having this conversation about rainbow rolls is because when we're doing the pre-interview prep and you shared your PFP, I'm like, oh, rainbow rolls. And I wrote to you and I'm like, I got Ram, a rainbow roll holder too. How's your, what's your cleaning power? And it's just, it's one of those things where you joke about it, but we're doing good through silliness. And I think we can all agree that medical debt is shitty. And we want to wipe it away with the most powerful toilet paper we can find. And that would be the rainbow rolls. (laughs) I agree. And unfortunately, after looking, the rainbow roll that I choose to have as my PFP is not even my highest cleaning power. So I'm choosing to use the more cheaper TP, I guess, to wipe away my medical debt. (laughs) But my cleaning power is 72, my friend. I think no. well, mine is at like 110. Okay, I'm going to have to go look on OpenSea now. I We cannot end <laughs> this call until I look at the cleaning power of my rainbow rolls because it's killing me now. My highest is a 108, and he has a Fu Manchu mustache. So let me see if you can beat that. All right, hang on a second here. <laughs> this is funny. I um, want to know what yours is. Okay, I've, I've got two of them. So, so this one has an Ethereum pattern on the wallpaper. Oh, aren't you cool? Only 0.9, no, 0.79% have that trait. Let's see. So the ETH wallpaper, I have ETH wallpaper on that one, so that's nice. Yeah, you got me beat, fool. And it's got a picture frame there. 110. Where are you seeing the cleaning power? That's under Oh, there it is, 110, yeah. Yeah. The other one's got pretty good cleaning power, too. I did Yeah, that that Ethereum background, I honestly hadn't seen that one. I don't know all the artwork. I was only part of marketing team, but I had never seen that Ethereum background. That's nice. I like that one. Yeah. I need to buy somebody's. If it's anybody's got... listening to this and you have an Opolis one, reach out to me. Oh. If your wallpaper is Opolis, I need one. So I will buy it from you. Okay. These chibi. Those, those eyes on the top one that have little eyelashes that are. Okay. Uh, yeah. They're very faint eyelashes. Yes. Chibi, 0.9% have that trait. Yeah, less than 1%. That's impressive. Wow. And we can talk about MTs all, all day long, but I, I just tried to buy things that resonate with me. And then Good Morning News, if you're not familiar with this. Are you familiar with GMN? I am not familiar with GMN, okay. no. GM, Good Morning News is Hiro Canelli and publisher from Bankless Now. Okay. And publisher used to run, a, I think, run a TV station in Kansas City. And Hero is, a, I don't know Hero's background. I need to talk to him more. But anyway, they started up GMN News and True Cat. And I forget who else. I'm going to get all the names wrong and I'm going to forget people. So anyway, GMN News, it's on Polygon. And for, I think it's like for a couple of Matic, for like 10 Matic, it refreshes every day. So you refresh the metadata and they have a news story. And if you own a Newsie, which Newsies are the, <laughs> yeah, so you get to then vote on what story goes out in the next day's issue. And they do a voiceover cool. and they do a main story and it refreshes every day. It's a one time purchase. And so for basically 10 bucks, you get a, an auto refreshing newspaper. It's, granted, it's one story, but you get an auto refreshing newspaper every day. And then there's another one that is called, and this is humorous, and this is called The Rug. I don't know if you've heard of The Rug. I have heard of The Rug, yes. That's super funny. That's MW, Liquidiate, Frank America. I think Sponge works in there. I forget who else. And then they have a podcast that's in the writer's room, and it's called Under the Rug, which is hilarious, and you have to listen to it. They're trying out a monetization model. It's on, I think it's on Spotify and stuff, but it's also on Fountain.fm, and so if you want to, there's like a tipping model there, and it's a Bitcoin Lightning based thing but anyway they're doing all kinds of fun stuff there but you don't have to use fountain to listen to it but if you're interested in that model it's interesting so we probably need to wrap up the show now don't we yeah unfortunately i have had a great time but it is about that time yes was there anything you wanted to wrap up on we started talking about the socials <laughs> and your handle and so kitty slasher you do not slash kitties you love kittens yes. and just reminding Thanks. everyone of that so on discord you are kitty slasher.eth and the numbers afterward are 4392 so don't be confused by another kitty slasher you might not be able to find me, though, because I do have the rainbow roll in there as well. Oh, that's right. So, yeah. yeah. So my actual Discord handle is Kitty Slasher, and then the rainbow emoji, and then the toilet paper emoji. Hashtag 4392. It will be in the show notes, and you will be findable there. Nice. But also on Twitter, you are Kitty Slasher Eth. 
And again, we'll put that in the show notes. Be super easy to do that. It's been great to have you on today. It's been really good for me, actually, to learn more about Opolis and get a chance to refresh on Rainbow Rolls. That, that's really a great project. And I'm excited and happy to get an update on that as well. So yeah, with that, unless you have any closing thoughts, I'll go ahead and wrap it up. I just want to say thanks for having me here. And this is for you and everybody else listening. If you guys have any questions about Opolis and just how can we potentially help you in your day-to-day life as a freelancer or self-sovereign worker, reach out to me. I'm not in the game of hard sales. I'm here to help people. That's genuinely what I care about. It's one of the reasons I couldn't do my nine to five W2 job. I couldn't take advantage of people because I care too much about you. Any questions you guys have, please reach out to me. And fellow Rainbow Roll holders, connect with me as well. I'd like to meet more of the community. We have a Discord. If you're not in there, join there. Also, if you're not part of the Opolis Discord, join there. Even if you're not going to join right now, become a part of the community. As you had mentioned, there's all kinds of walks of life. If you are somebody that genuinely likes to network and just talk to people, you need to join the Opolis Discord because you are going to find people from all professions, from W-2 jobs to the standard Web-2 freelance work, all the way up to even Web-3. We really do service all areas of life, not just W-3 employment. So definitely join that Discord, connect with everybody, and reach out to me. I'd love to connect with more of the actual Web3 community as a whole. I've been a member of the Bankless DAO for a while. I'm notorious for not being the most vocal or the most outreaching initially. So if I'm somebody that you guys feel like you would resonate with, I definitely welcome you to reaching out to me via Twitter, Discord, and my Telegram as well. If you also want to include that in the show notes is just Kitty Slasher. No ETH or anything on that one. But again, man, I really appreciate you having me here and I look forward to connecting with you more. I feel like this is the start of a wonderful friendship, my guy. Awesome. Thank you. Me me as well. Yeah, like I said, this has been on my mind for a while. So this has been a great opportunity to connect with you. And uh, and I'm looking for great things to come and and more friendships. And that's we talked about this on another episode that I think just released. And in regards of what else happens in this space, we're making friendships, really good ones all over the world, too. And you can't buy that. All right. We could talk all day, and but maybe we'll have you on again. We'll get updates on some of these things as Opolis continues to grow and as you continue to, to go on your journey. So thanks again, Kitty. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. This has been Making Bank, a production of Bankless DAO. If you'd like to learn more about Bankless DAO, please visit bankless.community on the web for more information and how to get started. And of course, if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, and follow on your favorite podcast platform.